You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 174 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo, and I'm here with Gina Malisha. How are you, Gina? Aloha, Valerie. Welcome back. (laughs) Aloha. (laughs) It's great to be back. It was also great to be away, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's good good to be home and with my furry babies again. Did you miss them? I did. I FaceTimed Rexy all the time and, and you know, I miss them all, of course. Wouldn't it so be a cute. wonderful world if you could just travel across to other countries and oh. take your animals to hotels, on planes? Just be great. Well, they sat the on thing. your lap like children. It's like they're not going to take up much space. Well, here's the thing. Somebody told me, and I don't actually know whether it's true because I haven't researched it myself, but apparently Hawaii has different quarantine to the mainland in the US so that you can – it's similar to Australia and that you can bring your animals in and out without – um, such strict quarantine compared to if it was the mainland USA. But of course, as if you're going to stick your animals in the cargo hold for 10 hours. Not in the cargo well, hold, but if they could, because there are, there are, um, airlines that allow you to bring your pet into the yes. ca- airline cabin with you. Yes. But, but unfortunately, they don't they fly from the Australia. <laughs> Where do they go to the toilet? I don't know. Maybe there's a pet relieving area or something. Like a pole or something. <laughs> and a giant kitty litter in the sky. That's right. Some fake grass. It's wow. like when when I used to drive from Sydney to Melbourne, which is 800 kilometres and back, I used to set up a little little house, a kitty litter house in the back of my car and I put velvet drapes over it so that it – Velvet drapes for privacy. Yeah, yeah, and also luxury. Oh, yeah. Mm. wasn't just like some first cheap – class. Yeah, it wasn't like some cheap sarong or anything. No. No. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they went to the little toilet in there and it was very cute. Anyway, this is probably not what people were expecting when they tuned in to So You Want to Be a Photographer. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> but this is, in fact, a, a podcast about photography and we want to thank our listeners for continuing to listen to both Gina and myself as we take you on a little bit of a, of a journey into various aspects of photography. Photography. What's been happening with you anyway while I've been aloha-ing and luau-ing and eating pokey, which is raw well, fish? Yeah, well, I haven't been doing any of that, but I have been enjoying the beautiful light here in Melbourne. It's really changed, and now that we've totally kicked into summer, I've been noticing uh, how much more intense the light is, how much more contrasty it is. So I've been out there shooting, and mm. even at night, Val, the moonlight is very oh. bright and has been casting beautiful shadows as well. It's amazing. Nice. So and different. why do you think you it's changed? That? Why do you think it's changed? Well, it's just that, like, you know, as you go into summer, the angle of the sun changes. Mm, it's like yeah. we've had a uh, particularly overcast winter, I think, so I'm not mm. used to seeing this much sun and it's so lovely to be able to uh, get dressed and not have to put 15 layers on anymore and like, I'm sitting here in a T-shirt. The aircon's on in Melbourne, Val. It's uh, warm enough for aircon, so it's been beautiful. Wow. You've got the aircon on. Mm. Okay, nice. So um, I haven't really been paying attention because I've only been back a couple of days mm. and all I've been doing is missing Hawaii and wishing that I was there swimming in the water there and and looking at the, you know. I can't believe you swam. The, like you went in the water, like you in put on. Where, hang on a minute, mm. uh, Yoga Beach, babe. Where yeah. where are the photos 
of you in the bikini, hashtag blessed. You had the perfect opportunity to post those, a selfie a day in a different I know, bikini. I didn't. What? I only brought one bikini, so it was You didn't the bring same. a different bikini for each day? No, I brought a one-piece and a bikini. A onesie? And, yeah, but um, uh, I did not take photos in either of them. No? So, no. <laughs> no. Even though I discovered this really great app called um, Beauty Plus mm. uh, and and it's so cool because it just it makes you look so much better than you really look in your life. <laughs> what's it do? Is it like lowers it, the – what's it do? Smooths um, everything. You, you can just – you can choose from um, – a uh, scale of one to ten, and what of hotness or like what? Well, What's ten, you look like a you know, um, you don't look real. <laughs> yeah. So if I use it, I only use one just to take the edge off. You know what I yeah, mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> just to take the edge off. <laughs> and does it put bits that you know are meant to be in certain place in back where they're supposed to be, or back where they were ten years ago, and stuff like that? Does it? Oh, I think and- it does. I think it has that function, but I haven't because I there's many functions in this in this app and you probably have to pay for that particular function, but the basic I, function is just basic. Yeah. So you can go to 10 and look like a supermodel if you want to. If you want to, you just pay for the little add-ons. A little add-on and you can look like a supermodel in your hashtag blessed selfies. That's right. But I am authentic, Gina. I'm oh, not yes, going to Val. do that. That's, yes. You know. Authentic, yes. The most I will use concealer and makeup. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and the wonder of all wonders, garage lighting. <laughs> garage lighting is like the best app in the world. The best you don't need any retouching. You don't ever. need any. So, Val, in your so good. Words, can you describe garage lighting, the best lighting for photographers in the world? Yes, so I love garage lighting. Ever since Gina taught me garage lighting, I use it all the time (laughs) for myself, Um, but also if I'm shooting other people. So basically garage lighting is if you can imagine that like you're the photographer and you're shooting Mary, so let's say you position Mary underneath like an awning or just on the inside of a garage where the garage door is open. That's why it's called garage lighting. So she's actually in the shade. But right in front of her, there could be concrete or asphalt or, or the ground and or sand, um, and the sun is shining on that concrete, asphalt or ground. But the reflection reflects onto Mary's face and she looks like a supermodel. Yes, so, so it's that, beautiful flat lighting, evenly mm. lighting the face, and when you've got flat, even lighting hitting the face, there's nowhere for shadows to hide. And if you can reduce the contrast of the lighting on the face and even out and fill in all the shadows on the face, you're going to take years off anyone's face and make them mm. appear like beautiful. It's that's it's beauty lighting. It's perfect. And the colour, and you just need to move three metres, say, away from that scenario and you can look completely different, just a completely Completely different different. person. But Mm. you just move right into that spot where the shade meets the sun as long as the Mary or whoever is in the shade and getting the reflection um, from the ground of the sun. It's just perfect. So I think we do have a a previous episode on garage lighting, so make sure you look it up. Um, it's, It's a cracker. I tell you, but this episode is actually not about garage lighting. We want to start off with a shout out to Patrick Mallard from Wichita. That is so cool that we have a listener Mm. in Wichita in the US. Um, Patrick has sent us a note saying, at the risk of sounding sappy, I want to thank you and Val for your wonderful podcasting. Explain why it has made such an impact on me. First, a little backstory. I've been a police officer for over 20 years only to find my career cut short by a random accident that has left me partially disabled and totally unable to perform the rigorous physical duties of an officer. I don't even um, have the satisfaction of it being a cool story, like chasing a suspect over a wall or something like that. I jumped over a puddle working an accident in the pouring rain and managed to completely rupture my Achilles tendon. This accident left me depressed 
and wondering what to do with myself after I take my medical retirement, I started thinking about doing something with photography because I know I'm happiest when I'm doing something creative. I stumbled across your podcast and it was like a ray of light in the darkness. The skills, tricks, and MacGyvering I've learned from the podcast has given me the hope and confidence that I need to move on to this next phase of my life. Seriously, Gina, your explanations take photography concepts that made my eyes cross and turned them into ideas I could wrap my head around. An example of how uh, would be how the f-stop number relates to the number of objects in focus, which is brilliant. I would also credit the podcast to keeping me nearly sane. No police officer or firefighter is truly sane. Anyone who runs towards danger instead of away from it isn't right in the head. I'm stuck at a desk while they process my retirement. Listening and laughing along with you and Val keeps me from banging my head against the desk repeatedly while I scan in old fingerprint cards from the 1990s. I've been listening through the entire back catalogue of episodes at a rate of five to six episodes a day. Once modern retro photography gets off the ground, which is going to be Patrick's business, I love that, modern Mm. retro photography, what a great name. I look forward to passing along photos to have you and Val critique them to make me a better photographer. Thank you again from the bottom of my heart from Patrick. Oh, my God, Patrick. Isn't that amazing? Thank you, Patrick. Patrick. That's awesome. You touch my heart, Patrick. That's just, I'm just so thrilled that you um, took the time to send that to us. And I'm so thrilled that we can make a tiny little bit of difference in your day. And I'm so thrilled that you're doing this modern retro photography because it sounds like you're doing something that is, you know, it's something you're passionate about and something that's going to, um, keep you in that creative space and 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 fulfilled and happy so good on you Patrick thank you so much oh wow and it's beautiful isn't it it's amazing and Patrick is uh, now a member of the podcast community Val and he's yes. made his first post and introduced oh, himself yes. so make sure you uh, say hello and make him welcome and I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing your photos from here on in Patrick it, like amazing you you did you really made my day that was Yes. Can't wait to see them. Good on you, Patrick. Thank you so much. All right. So I understand you have some news for us. Is that right, Gina? Yes, Valerie. This is very serious news too. Um, Okay. And something that's very important, very dear to my heart. Uh, So apparently Nutella have uh, changed their recipe slightly, Val. Why would they do that? I don't know, and I'm very upset about it. Um, okay. The colours are slightly different, and, um, yeah, it's um, – oh, I'm just – I don't know what to say. I really don't. But <laughs> the good news, if you uh-huh. live in Australia, is uh, the change has no effect on Nutella products made in Australia. Just elsewhere. Mm. So the Nutella found in Australia and in New Zealand uh, that's been manufactured from New South Wales since the 1970s will remain the same, but the rest of the world will notice a slight change in the colour of the Nutella. It's slightly lighter, but not here. So, Val. Wow. We may have to start uh, a little export or a little, I don't know, a teletourism industry here. There's so many opportunities, isn't there? Like there's so already many. been such a boom in, you know, Nutella products, donuts and like yes. I, I haven't like Nutella milkshakes, yes. Nutella cakes. There's just this whole Nutella industry. So I think there's now Nutella tourism where people come to <laughs> Australia, they go and yes. they see go see a kangaroo, like, you know, what What do you do? You come to Australia, you want to see the Opera House, the Harbour yes. Bridge, you go yes. to Cuddle a Koala, you mm-hmm. go see a kangaroo, you nip up, you see the Barrier Reef, and then you, uh, oh, Val. What? We would find hot springs, right, and empty yeah. them and right. fill them with Nutella and have, like, <laughs> Nutella hot springs with Australian-made Nutella. 
<laughs> you would love and that, that wouldn't be, you? Oh, can you imagine? And that could be part of this whole, you know, new tourism industry, Nutella tours. It just Nutella tours. I, lo- I love it, Nutella tours. Mm-hmm. I think that could work. You need to just find the hot springs and buy enough Nutella so that you can do that. Because I like the idea of bathing in Nutella. I like that. I know it appears to me. But after I watched that video, um, it like I forgot about that whole it's not warm. It needs to be warm. It needs to be at least um, room temperature and bubbling. I think that would be amazing. There's this place uh, off the coast of Sicily where there's like bubbling uh, mud. <laughs> that you get into and it's got all these uh, beautiful therapeutic, um, you know, things that happen to you. So it's amazing. So I think the the sensation of getting into a <laughs> boiling vat of Nutella, not boiling but not warm. Not boiling, you die. As you're overlooking, say, the, you know, the Sundays, <laughs> and it's all part of the tour. Like, you know, what more could you want? All right, everyone, you heard it here first, Nutella tourism. It's going to be a thing. Nutella, Australian by Australian-made Nutella. It's beautiful. But maybe what we should do is actually move on to this week's topic, which is pretty cool. I like it. It is seven habits of selfish photographers. Uh Hmm, That's an interesting one. Why did you think of seven habits of selfish photographers? Well, I had a run-in with one during the week (laughs) and it made me think of this topic and it made me think of, um, you know, times in my life coming through uh, my career where not knowing enough about the etiquette of photography and there is one um, that I've made a few similar mistakes. So, again, like with Nutella, this is a public service uh, (laughs) um, (laughs) announcer to help people because – like learning etiquette is is something that's kind of it's like you don't go to photography school and there's like a, a, a you know a whole class where you're taught photography etiquette it's not talked about a lot it's just this unspoken uh, mm. law that everyone knows about like there must be ones like you you know there's one like when you go to dinner parties Val mm. it, you know, there's the, like a lot of people know, but it's never written anywhere or it's just passed down from generation to generation that you don't ever arrive de- dead on time. You, you should be 10 minutes late to a dinner party. It gives the host time to get themselves organised. I've always known that. I've stretched that sometimes. Yeah. And then, and you, <laughs> sometimes to And you also know never later. to. But if you're invited <laughs> to a dinner party, you know that you never like roll up empty-handed. You always bring the host something you know and and you know there's 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 other etiquette like if you go to a restaurant in Italy Mm -hmm. um the 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 waiter will bring you a bowl of parmesan cheese if it's needed with the meal Mm -hmm. if it's a meal that does not require parmesan cheese (laughs) it's rude to ask for parmesan cheese you know just like it's also considered uh you know, poor form to have a latte after midday because they consider that that that's a, a morning meal. And you know, no. is there any uh, like rules of etiquette in like what 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 are you doing lately? Boating, Val. Do you know any? They're, well, you know, there probably are, but I've forgotten them already. I need to. <laughs> right. what, about, what about in the writing world? Well, yes, yes. For example, um, so I'll give you a good example. Sometimes when celebrities do, you know, they're promoting a movie or an album or whatever, they do a bit of a world tour and they need to be interviewed by as many media as possible because, you know, to get as much coverage. So they'll often do group interviews. And I remember once I did a group interview with maybe there was four of us all together and they try and make sure it's not, you know, it's four different types of um, media outlets. And I was doing a group interview with Kylie Minogue. And um, what you're meant to do is you're meant to, you know, go around in a circle kind of thing and take turns asking your questions. Um, I did a similar one with, for example, Hugh Jackman um, Mm. when he was doing Wolverine or something. And we all took turns and it was very, very equally um, you know, spaced out. Right. But in this particular interview, literally 
the other three people were mute. They did not ask a single question. And so I only kept asking the questions just to keep the conversation going, right? Right. And because they, you know, and I would actually pause and say, would anyone else like to ask a question? Right. So it's not you didn't just take the floor and not let anyone cut in. You just kept asking. Yeah. I was saying, you know, would anyone else like to ask a question? But when they weren't doing anything, I felt embarrassed for the, you know, because you have this time allocation. So I just kept asking. And um, that was fine. So, you know, we chatted for the, the hour or whatever. Then the next day in the paper, one of the journalists had written up an entire story, but they were all my questions and all the answers to my questions. And that's not etiquette. If that's not right etiquette, if you want to actually write an entire story, you need to contribute and ask some of the questions and not make me do all the work. Oh, so you researched all the questions and then they just, yeah. So I didn't have to necessarily research it. I I just asked the questions because no one else. Yeah, Yeah, basically. And you set the tone and you mm. chatted and warmed them up and got the conversation flowing and they just copied it down and printed it and how good are they? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what we're talking about today. <laughs> so um, basically etiquette, the customary code of polite behaviour in society or among members of particular profession or group, and we're talking about photography today. So number one on my list, and this is all about like how we we as photographers can get so caught up in getting the great shot that we forget our manners. And this is all about, you know, remembering your manners and not being that guy, that girl, that selfish photographer you want to be because eventually that sort of stuff, karma comes around. So it's good to always be be aware of what's going on around you. So the first one that I want to talk about, the first um habit to be aware of is that you need as a photographer whenever you're working anywhere you're not going to be in many many instances you're not going to be the only photographer there now in our heads Mm. often we think that we are the only one we're thinking about because let's face Mm. it it's us right but it's Mm. not always the case so uh, you need to be a camera aware at all times and scope the room and find out who else is going to be here and who else are you working with or they may be like it may be that you're shooting a wedding now on that wedding there might be a, another shooter like I often found that I'd be shooting weddings for magazines Val and there would be the actual photographer hired by yes. the couple there as well so I needed to learn to work with them and it was in, very important that they got their shots and mm. also important that I got my shots so I needed to learn how to negotiate or all of that. Now, it's standard in all weddings these days that there is also a, a videographer there on the day. Mm. You need to work out when you rock up to the shoot, where are they going to be? And also, you might be shooting an event where it's being videoed as well, or there are other photographers covering different angles. Certainly, when you're working on a movie set or a film set as the stills photographer you need to be aware of what the line of the other cameras is and to Mm. make sure that you're staying out of their way so all these questions need to be asked now I was shooting an event last week Val and I first thing I did is I went in and I introduced myself to the crew there was a crew of three there Val Mm -hmm. and I noticed that there was also what did they do What, what 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 did the crew do they were filming, okay. right, mm-hmm. the f- three different camera angles, yeah, okay? Yeah. So I scoped them out, asked where they would be, this guy, this guy, this guy, and then uh, I had a run sheet of what was happening and everything was explained. You know, the main guy is going to come through this door, there's going to be some form of opening ceremony, and then, you know, here he's coming and there was like uh, this beautiful shot that the video guys and I had lined up, which was going to be really, this would be the hero shot that would be sent out around the world for this particular moment, right? Beautiful, Mm -hmm. beautiful shot needed to be shot on a long lens. One Mm. photographer that was also there, uh, he, he was the, in his eye, he, he was it. 
that everyone else didn't matter. And it was a dilemma for me because it's like I always want to be respectful and I know um, as I had met him briefly, he'd taken the time to tell me verbally his resume of everything he's shot for the last 50 years Mm -hmm. and he also told me everyone he'd photograph and there was some really, you know, great. So I'm like, yeah, cool, all right, we know you're, you're, that's great. But then at the moment when we'd lined up the shot, he stood right in the middle of the, uh, the, the, the um, shot. And I'm like calling out to him. I'm like, you get out of the frame. <laughs> I'm like, this is the money shot. This is the hero. I'm not allowed to say money shot anymore. Yeah. Am I? Well, it's not appropriate, but it's like, this is the hero shot. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, yeah, but I've got to get my shot. I'm like, yeah, but there's three of us here who also need to get that shot. And there was a standoff. You know what? He didn't move. Wow. He did not move and then he did it for the entire day. Oh, wow. So he's in all of our shots. So he got his shots and none of us got ours. Wow. Okay. So don't be that guy. And and it's like mm. all he needed to do was take a few steps back and come back to where we were and he would have got the, a clean shot as well. So I've seen that a lot. At, like you often see that at uh, some really popular t- – there's these really popular tourist locations where mm. a lot of photography workshops happen and yeah. uh, you'll see that there will be a group. There might be 30 photographers there. 29 mm. of them are standing by patiently waiting waiting for the sun to burst over a particular rock or a certain light streak to happen or something to happen, right, But dawn or sunset or whatever. Mm. And then there's always that one guy who just gets Mm. up and walks in front of everyone and 29 photographers will be going, get out of the shot, get out of the Mm. shot. They're like, no, no, I just got to get my shot. And everyone else misses the shot and he gets it and leaves he she gets it and then leaves so that, it's really uncool so you know be aware and like just be courteous of other photographers don't hog the location get your shot move on be aware of where like always be aware of where the other cameras are when you turn up ask where what's your line of view look at the look at the lenses that other photographers might have and then just ask them where what's your what's out of frame what's in frame where can i be where can i be you know and if mm. this that, that's just a really good thing to do okay yeah that's great point great point Mm-hmm. What's what's the next habit of selfish photographers? All right. So this the next one it also happened to me a little while back. Uh, so mm-hmm. this is thou shalt not steal. It's one of the Ten Commandments right, apparently. yes. Okay. <laughs> um, what do you mean by that? This was brazen. This is not just like someone, you know, taking a right-clicking on your image on your website and then using it as their advertising or something. That that goes on. It's not, it's not that. It's like mm. uh, I was doing a shoot. I had a model. I had a, a crew. And I'm mm. shooting away and I'm when I'm shooting, I actually go deaf, I think, and I don't have mm-hmm. any side vision. So I'm mm-hmm. just tunnel vision. All I can really see is my model and I'm into the shot. So I actually don't know a lot of what's going on behind me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also filmed this particular uh, shoot for the goal community, Val. So mm-hmm. <laughs> when I played it back, because mm-hmm. the guy was filming it for me, he said, did you see the chick that – uh, just rocked up and stood right behind you and shot exactly what you were shooting and then she mm. walked off. And so oh it's all – yeah. So she just mm. brazenly came along. I've gone to the trouble of setting up the shot, lighting it, getting the model mm. right, waiting for the right time, lining up the shot, getting the location right, and she just walked up right behind me, stood – made sure that she stood close enough to me that she could get the exact same camera Mm. angle, took the shot and walked off. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, right. So this to me, to put that into context, it's like me walking into a restaurant and sitting down and going up to the person on the table next to me who has just ordered their meal and paid for it and just – getting my knife and fork and just hoeing into their meal and eating it, not saying a word and then going back to my table. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we shouldn't do that. That's fair enough. So <laughs> What's this, num- 
This, this can happen a bit where like you might be uh, shooting at an event and like or, uh, another photographer has uh, taken the trouble to set up a group of people in a particular mm. shot and you mm. might be there to also photograph the same people but for a different company. It's just polite as another mm. photographer to set up something different. Right. So it's just like the journalist that let you ask all the questions, Val. Yeah. yeah. And then went ahead and printed the same story. It's very similar yeah. to that. Yeah, right. Um, all right, that makes perfect sense. So, yeah, set it up differently and don't steal. When so much work has gone into potentially the styling, the casting, the this, the that, um, yeah, don't steal it. Fantastic. Don't steal it. And it, like, if you are part of a workshop and that's happening, that is perfectly cool. So if you're you're in a workshop situation where there might be 10 or 20 of you and you've got a model and lighting and all of that, then that and that's an occasion, go for your life. That's perfectly mm. fine for you to do that because that's a workshop situation. But if you see another photographer out on the street on their own doing something, it's kind of not cool to just go up and – and no. take the shot, really. All right. That's What's the next one? Uh, social media etiquette, mm-hmm. Val. So uh, mm-hmm. we th- we have covered this in a whole episode, episode 134, if you want to have a look. Uh, but basically, uh, when you're on online, you want to be positive. So, so um, don't mm-hmm. – yeah. um, don't bag other photographers um, mm-hmm. and uh, c- comment uh, – Comment, like, and share. So when you are um, posting in in groups and things like that, you want to make sure that you uh, engage a lot in the group. So make sure that you uh, comment on other people's photos, like their photos, and you know, be engaging in the group. Don't don't just sort of uh, hang back. You want to be uh, involved in the group because it's a really good thing to do. It's a really uh, great way to expand your social network as a photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and also when when you join uh, other, and there's so many um, great photography communities. So when when you're joining a community, it's a really good idea to um, take the time to introduce yourself. So it's like when you go to a party, if you're kind of um, uh, it lingering on the side, it's going to take you a lot longer to meet other people. And rather than just taking the plunge and as soon as you join, just say, Hey, my name's Dave and I love photography. And that often that's all it takes, but just to, mm. to be there and be a part of it. And, and also if you're already a member of that community, then you want to make yourself, um, uh, uh, be welcoming of other members and yes, uh, definitely. You know, make sure that you, yeah. So, um, yeah, treat other people the way you like to be treated. Treat other people the way you like to be treated. And also, when you're sharing your work, try and, um, try and share a little bit more than just the photo, uh, when you're sharing the work. So try and share the story behind the photo. And it's, it's like another yeah. way of being engaging as a photographer. And it goes a long way to really, uh, giving people the opportunity to get to know you and to get to know your personality as well. I think that's really important. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense, definitely. I do think that when you um, join a like a photography group, um, I do think it's very important to also, if there are any um, forum rules, to read the rules because you might think it's okay to do a certain thing but maybe it's not okay. Some groups don't allow self-promotion or don't allow you to promote or sell something. Um, so, yeah, read the forum rules if there are any just to make sure that you're within the guidelines as well. Yeah. Uh, so the next one is uh, noise and light pollution, Val. So I definitely have been guilty of this in my um, earlier years, and that's um, uh, with shooting with flash photography, particularly if you're working where you're photographing speakers on the stage, and it's just mm. it's about getting the shot. You're so concerned that you're going to miss the shot that you might take more frames than is necessary because it takes you a while to have the confidence to know that I, I know I've got that shot. So you'll you maybe keep shooting a few more, and I've, I've I've did it a few times early on, and one with one of our ex prime ministers, Val, where I just kept <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
just blasting him with flash and the PR guy kept nodding at me and I'm thinking that meant keep going, keep going, mm-hmm. but it meant get off, stop it, don't, don't. Mm-hmm. You're going to blind our prime minister. Um, so um, be, be aware of that and uh, maybe just hold back and give them an opportunity to speak. So it's often a good to, uh, if someone is speaking, there are little, there are little like almost a, a applause breaks where they pause and they'll look up yeah. and look around room that's a good time to then try and get the shot and you might be able to get like maybe three frames out when people are clapping and they're looking up and and looking around the room and generally at that time they'll stop look up and smile as well so you're Mm. less likely to get them mid-sentence when you know their mouth might look a bit awkward so that's a that's a good time to to um you know hit them with some flash if you need to and and get the shot rather than blinding them um the other one and i've done this uh so there's been uh, popular night photography locations where like photographers might be waiting for uh, the stars to come up or you know northern lights or a particular it might be early morning and they're waiting for the light to come up and mm. you're, you're the photographer that stumbles in last and using a torch <laughs> to find your way because your eyes haven't quite adapted to the light you then there may be photographers who are already have their cameras set up and they might be exposing doing a long exposure, your torch, mm. your LED uh, could actually cause light pollution on their images. So just be yes. aware of that. And that's a really important one um, as well. The the other one, Val, is uh, the, during uh, weddings, you often mm. um, p- people leave the beep on and the autofocus. Oh, did he, yeah. Did he, did he? And then you've mm. got the, the priest and Judy, do you take the did it? Mm. <laughs> so so you can silence that. It doesn't need to be on a yes. it's a, or it's a it's a concert, you know, where it's uh little Valerie Coos on the stage playing <laughs> bark. <laughs> but and I don't even know any bark, but anyway, and then you can all you can hear is so you need to be aware of that. And also when you're in a dark auditorium or a concert or the ballet or photographing any events like that where it is uh, lower light, the um, LED screen uh, going on and yes. off in your camera can be really annoying for other patrons. So you've got to remember that they're also there to enjoy the show as well. So you don't want to be that photographer that's, A, annoying all of them with the noise and, and the, mm. the light pollution. So. So just check that. Often you can even cover the back of the screen or even lower the uh, brightness of it so that it doesn't, it's not going to be, you know, blasting out all this light over everyone else. So sort of related to that, but something that maybe you don't think about because you just do this anyway, as in you, you, you dress generally in muted and dark colours in your normal life. But um, when, when you're at an event like a performance or, or you know, there's something that, on stage and you've got to take photos, wear black or dark colours so that you're not in red or bright blue or bright green distracting the audience when you're up the front. If you're in black, then the audience isn't going to be distracted by you and smart photographers wear dark colors in those sorts of situations don't be wearing you know a white shirt and um or 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 big prints or anything even though you're not in the shot the fact is if you're there at the front of the stage the 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 audience is is you're distracting the audience it's as simple as that yeah, and that and that also in that that one there is uh, the clothes you wear, Val. So if you're the photographer that's walking across an auditorium or going from one side of the stage to the other, and like a you want to be sort of uh, not wearing anything bright that will you know attract attention, but also your shoes. You don't want to be wearing mm. the ee, 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 squeaky shoes or the ones that yep. tick, 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 and and also jingy jangly uh, jewelry that can make a, yep. a sound as well. So any that's going to be distract because that can be distracting to the uh, speaker as well if all they can Definitely. hear are your shoes or your j- jingly jangly jewelry then yeah so that's yep. uh comes into noise and light pollution Val. <laughs> yeah yeah i've been on stage where i've been distracted by the jingly jangly jewelry and it's very frustrating 
Yeah. So yeah, just, just, just a couple of things to think about. Um, the next one Val is being respectful of your models. So by models, it's anyone that you're photographing. So I think it's important that, uh, if you see someone and it's not like street photography where it's someone that's walking across the street in front of a billboard and they're tiny in the frame and you're kind of capturing a vibe. But if if it's someone that you want to photograph up close, I think it's a really good idea to ask permission. And even if it's like, you know, bringing the camera, if it's a different culture, bringing the camera up and looking at them and, you know, even saying, is is it okay if I take your photo? I just think it's a a nice thing to do to get permission uh, from the model first and then you want to be respectful uh, at all times and uh, making sure that uh, you know even asking if it's okay if you uh, share the pics uh, that you took of them because often people don't want to have their photos um, shared there, there should be something about like Facebook tagging in there as well Val why is it that when you get tagged on Facebook mm-hmm. everyone else in the shot like have you got that friend that like the tags and they always look fantastic but you you not so much yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah it happens a lot doesn't it I think there's a name for it I can't remember what what it is but I'm sure that there's a there's a there's a name for that sort of action but yeah it's just things like that just being um basically respectful of the models and if it's someone that you're photographing in a studio or anywhere and just making sure that they're warm enough that they're comfortable that they've had something to eat and that they're well looked after because you know they're modeling for you shoot and you, you want to make sure that they are as, as comfortable as possible at all times yeah definitely okay what's the next one all right, so understanding the culture and the customs of the uh, location you are photographing, and that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to a foreign country. It also refers to if you are shooting a certain social event, if it is, uh, you know, you want to know ahead of time. If it's black tie, then you want to be turning up in black tie as well so mm. that you don't stand out. It's not, you know, in, in shorts and a T-shirt because, you know, nobody told you. And also uh, to, to if it's a, uh, a ceremony that might be a different religious custom to what you're used to, to get a knowledge of what the customs are during that ceremony. And again, uh, I've made this mistake. Uh, I remember photographing a Greek Orthodox wedding and I was shooting away again. I was writing to it thinking, I'm getting so many great shots. And then I noticed that, you know what? The altar behind the couple, behind where the priest is, you can get such a good shot there. I'm thinking right right behind there. If I go stand there and shoot, I can shoot over the priest's shoulder, through the couple and into the crowd. Why hasn't anyone ever thought of this? How good am I? So I just go there and I start shooting. I'm so into it. I'm just thinking I'm loving myself going, oh, they're going to be so happy when they see the. And you know when you get that feeling that there's people watching you? Yeah. I look up and the entire audience are mouthing like, get off the stage, get off, get off. And no one wanted the priest to see because if the priest saw, he would have lost it. And they're like <laughs> just nodding going, get off, get off, get off. And then they'd like, they look so panic-stricken that I'm like, oh, my God. And so I slink off. Oh, my um, God. Yeah, yeah, biggest Why sin ever. Why can't you be there? Don't not allowed behind the altar that is like no one's allowed there no 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 ever like you're going to hell thank god he didn't thank god (laughs) 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 luckily he was so into marrying them that Mm. he didn't notice where i had gone wow okay (laughs) so embarrassing oh yeah I know. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yes. All right. So educate yourself a little bit on particularly on religious customs and on places in the church that you're allowed to stand. 
Yes. Uh, yes. So then be generous and respectful to your fellow photographers. So if you are ever at an event and like, it's really common that it's like, you know, if it's a large event, there might be many uh, different companies that are hiring photographers, different photographers for the same event. I think mm-hmm. uh, it's a great idea because you will, if you're mo- moving in certain circles as a photographer, like you're a sport photographer, or you're a um, uh, society photographer, you're an event photographer, you're going to be going to the same events and meeting the same photographers at all these events. So, you know, you may as well make friends with them because it's nice to not be at these events on your own. You get, I, I have had the best education from these photographers, especially the guys that are, you know, five, 10, 15 years ahead of me that they, they always have some little amazing uh, bit of information that they can share, or they've tried new gear or they've got a new light and you've got someone to talk to because often you're mm. standing around for a long time waiting for something to happen. So you've got all these, you know, allies in your corner so you can you can help people and so I think it's a good idea to uh, even though that technically they are your opposition on the night you're all working for different companies I don't think um, there's anything wrong with giving each other a hand and that can come down to holding a light for another photographer or watching their gear while they go somewhere or lending them uh, a piece of your gear if they're running short Mm. or you know uh, if you can't do a particular job having other people in your network that you know are competent that you can share and refer uh, other clients to each other and things like that. I think it's uh, a really uh, important and, and valuable thing to do. So look after each other and uh, be generous and respectful to other photographers. And I have to say that uh, I've seen uh, a lot of this going on in the uh, both our goal community and the uh, So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community, Val, the sharing. They're starting to uh, refer each other to jobs. They're recommending each other. They're assisting each other on jobs. It's mm. uh, it's so lovely and exciting to see. And I think um, this week I saw uh, like this whole – workshop exercise where the photo goes up and then what do you think well maybe if you put a bit mm. of dark in the left hand corner and then someone will go no 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 maybe the right and then this is this, this collaboration of ideas happens and then the final result you know cheers all around and it's like it's beautiful I love it, it makes me yeah. so happy to see that yeah, you'll certainly get a lot more out of, you know, your photography or whatever creative pursuit that you, you, you're doing or whatever professional pursuit you're pursuing. Um, you'll certainly get a lot more out of it if you hang out with like-minded people and share and help each other. I certainly have experienced the same thing with writing. You know, when I was first starting out, I had a group of writers around me and there was one particular writer who just thought we were all competition and she decided not to share anything, not to hang out with us as much, not to give us any tips or, 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 or um, uh, discussion of any opportunities that she heard about. Whereas we used to share all this kind of stuff with each other. And, you know, she never ended up making it as a writer, whereas we're all still writers. So it's, it's definitely worthwhile because what goes around comes around. And I think that if you can do it in a spirit of positive collaboration, it's, um, as you say, Gina, it's only going to benefit uh, exactly. in the long run. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's great. Seven habits of selfish photographers. Uh, <laughs> um, pretty straightforward, but definitely don't be that guy or that girl who's, who's you know, doing stuff that is really um, just for you and who isn't paying any attention to the other photographers around you who could potentially really, really help you, um, you know, in the future. So, Great stuff. So what have you what are you doing in the coming week, Gina? Are you doing any other gigs or, or Yes, so what? we are working together on a big shoot at the moment. So I'm continuing, we're just finding mm. the uh, casting the models and yes. I have, I will be heading out later in the week and hopefully if this beautiful uh, incredible and the sunsets too are amazing at the moment. So if this light holds oh, yes. up, I'll be able to get out there. And yeah, and then I've got 
the photo critiques for the goal community, which uh, I'm always excited to record as well, Val. What about you? What are you up to? Um, what am I up to? I've just got um, – because I've been away, I've got a lot of catching up to do and I feel like I've also eaten my body weight in Hawaiian food, so mm. I probably need to do a bit of exercise as well. <laughs> so but, you're not um, going to be having the beautiful Australian-made Nutella this week, Val? I don't think so, no. Mm. No Nutella for me this week. But uh, I, I think it's been great watching everybody um, in both the Facebook group. As it, So if you're a listener and you want to join the podcast community, it's free to join on Facebook. Just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community and request to join. We'd love to have you in there. Um, and it's just great to see so many people from so many different walks of life from so many different countries. But also, if you want to take your photography to the next level, make sure you check out the gold community. So all you need to do is go to ginamilitia.com and click on join the community to have a look at the kinds of things you get. You get regular tutorials every month from Gina. Um, and also you get a separate closed private Facebook group where you can ask Gina questions anytime. You can get photo critiques from Gina every month. And there's also a live component. So there's a live um, monthly ask me anything where you can get on the call or get on the webinar and ask Gina whatever it is that you want. And of course, if you can't make it, you can pre-submit your question. So Gina will, will answer it. Um, and if you, uh, can't make it live, we record the webinars, we record the entire thing so that you can watch it later. And people are getting a lot of value out of watching it later. Some people say that they have it on in the background while they're doing some other things and then they tune in where it's a question that they're really, really keen to know the answer of. So because chances are if somebody's if you know somebody else in the community probably has the same question as you as well. Um all right, so Gina's typing away. Um, <laughs> With one she, finger, can you hear me? Yes. <laughs> That's one finger typing. <laughs> Not like you. If you were typing, you couldn't even yes. hear anything else. You no. bashed the keys so hard. I reckon That's you still pretend. True. I don't believe that you're actually typing anything sensical. <laughs> I don't believe you, Val. No one can type with that much force. I was gently typing with one finger. <laughs> All right. That probably brings us to the end of this week's episode. Where do we find you online, Gina? So all social media, you can find me at Gina Militia, G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. I'm in the podcast Facebook group. I am also, if you want to take your photography to the next level and you want to be mentored by me, then maybe check out the goal community. I'm there every day. Um, Val, yeah, what about you? You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram. And, of course, I'm in both those uh, Facebook groups for the Gold community and for the listener um, community on Facebook. So connect with me there. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.